All right, guys, our next guest is coming off an incredible war that had many calling it the fight of the year after going five rounds with Dustin Poirier this past weekend. He's now kind enough to join us on the program. Dan Hooker himself joining us from his quarantine in New Zealand on the program. Dan, welcome to the program, man. Thanks for having me on, lads. Oh, I've got plenty of time to kill. <laughs> well, that does it. First, I was feeling good about this. I was telling Casper, Dan must really love us to come back on the show so quickly. And then we realized he's got nothing better to do. But let me ask you this. Let me ask well, you this, Dan, because we saw that uh, photo of you behind the barricade in quarantine and you had your daughter on the other side. I mean, <laughs> break it down for us. You got 14 days in quarantine. You can't really see your family. And I know you love going back to the gym the next day after a massive fight. You can't do any of that. That must feel pretty weird for you. Um, well, to be honest, like I'm, I'm pretty happy with where they where they put us up because we've been ha we've been hearing some nightmare stories about them going to different cities and sending you halfway around the country, just throwing you on a bus for three hours and driving you oh, um, to a different city. So we've been hearing like these nightmare stories. So we were always, you know, me and my coaches were a bit worried, but once we got through customs and the guy at the front said, "Yep, jump on that bus there and you're going to um like 15 minute bus ride." which is right in the suburb next to where I live. So that's why my, my wife's able to come down um, and bring my daughter down every day and they, we, we can catch up through the gate, so it's not too bad. And me and my coaches are allowed to train. We've got to confirm today. They've got the pads. i got the gloves. Wait, got you're my training coach. already? i got my wrestling coach. i got my striking coach. And we'll be able to uh, – we've got the green light. To, to hit pads wow how, how do you how do you train so soon after such a war how, how are you feeling man it's actually not too bad it was i saw something like 200 strikes and i must have absorbed all of them on my eyes because they're the only <laughs> they're the only thing <laughs> they're the only things that, that's where you the want them right? that are swollen like like here down so like here down i'm absolutely <laughs> fine it's like this patch here it's just this patch here that like looks bad, and then especially with a mask on, oh yeah, like, people just see that. They just like it's funny. I bumped into this. I bumped into this uh, old bird downstairs, and she was like, "Yeah, we were talking. Me and a couple of other people traveling were talking, and we got together, and we thought you must have gotten a car accident. <laughs> You're coming home because you got in a car accident. But then I think a couple of the security guards here, they got um, security guards and like Air Force stuff. They set them straight. Let them know that." Nah, nah, he's, uh, he's been overseas uh, getting in some fussy cups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone sees you in quarantine over there and they go, what kind of hotel have you put us up, up in? What kind of people are here? <laughs> but let me ask you this though, man, because Casper uh, just mentioned how you're feeling, but uh, it was a pretty big war. Other than the stitches, is everything okay? Have you come out on skate? There are, there are a couple of injuries that you're dealing with. Nah, nothing. Mm. To be honest, nothing. Like stitches, but... They, they, you know, cuts heal real quick. Probably pull them out. What are we, three days? Four days, I'll, I'll pull them out. Um, yeah, it'll just be no no contact. Well, I'm stuck here for two weeks. So once I get this done, <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be able to get back in the gym after we finish up here. Well, I'll tell you, the fight was a massive smash hit all around the world. And the celebrities came out on social media to talk about how awesome it was. People like LL Cool J, Stone Cold Steve Austin, 
couldn't get enough of the fight. I'm, you're not really the kind of guy that cares too much about celebrity, I know. But was there was there a, a tweet or anything that kind of got to you a little bit? Like, hey, I, I watched that guy for many years and now he's a fan of mine. Well, I didn't know Stone Cold Steve Austin saw him. That's cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> get, him to, get, him to, get him to chuck me some cans over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Come on, Steve Wisers. Just, 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 just wondering, Dan. Oh, in, in, in your words, how would you describe what you went through over the weekend? People calling it a war fight of the year. How, how would you describe that experience? Yeah, it was a bit of. Oh, now I know what Gagey was on about when he was like, uh, "Like I was having too much fun fighting Dustin. Like he just got oh. carried away." He's a fun guy to fight. Like he's a fun guy to fight. Like he's talking, he's talking to his corner. He's talking to you. I started talking back like it's it just got carried away. I got carried away having too much bloody fun. I mean, take us into take us into a middle of a fight like that. You mentioned it. You guys are talking to each other. He's relaying stuff that the commentators are saying to you during the fight. It, it's an absolute scene. Um, obviously, your training was not the most perfect scenario. Just being able to do hill sprints near your house for a, a big part of it. But how, how did you feel later on in that fight as you were nearing that fourth and fifth round? What was going through your mind mentally at that point? Oh, it ain't nothing to do but pony up, boy. You ain't got nowhere to go. <laughs> what are you gonna what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I just looked at oh well, oh well, just pony up, son. That's all I was telling myself. This is what you signed up for. Mm. What, what what do you think sort of um what do you think sort of led to the outcome of the fight? You you had great control in those first couple of rounds and then Dustin sort of took over later on. What what do you sort of attribute that to? Oh, there's no real um I think it's pretty obvious. Like, I don't I just don't want to sit here and make excuses and then everyone says that. You know, everyone's like, Oh, I don't wanna make excuses and then they sit there railing off all their excuses. <laughs> like it it is what it is. Like you can say whatever you want under the sun, but uh, I took the fight. I signed on the dotted line uh, under whatever circumstances you fight under. Like that, that's what I signed up for. I signed up for. We almost got the job done, but uh, spilt milk. Now we'll just move on. Did anything surprise you about Dustin? I know you knew this was going to be a big fight, and even before that, you were on this show just last week saying it's a 50-50 fight. But did anything surprise you about him as you were in that octagon with him going all those rounds? Um, he's pretty uh, he's pretty slippery, to be honest. <laughs> he's pretty slippery. Like, like I can hold on to I can hold on to most people um, fairly well, but he was like real. Um, he's pretty elusive in the grappling. I was quite. You know, added like I uh, just tip my hat to him a couple of times, like a couple of times. One of them I got down, and he did this real cool escape where he just like uh, um, he like butt scooted, and then I had both his heels, and I was kind of getting ready to pass, and then he just bellied down and pulled out, and I was just like, oh, I had to give him a little, I had to give him a little, little bow there. I was like, that was like, that was sharp, that was sharp. So it's just like a, just a few things, man. But he was, yeah. He's, there's a reason why he's one of the best fighters in the world. I, like, I deserve to be in there with him. I thought it was a good fight. Mm. Yeah, it was a great fight. I was going to say, like, how do you sort of evaluate your own performance? Is it one league? I know, I know you didn't get the W, but can you look back on that one fondly, given, you know, how, how much people enjoyed the fight? And also, 
how is it that you're able to take so much punishment and keep on coming? What's what's going through your mind during those moments? Uh, no, no way. <laughs> I don't know. I said that to you when we go to the hospital after the fight. I said it to you. I was like, fuck, I've got a hard hit. And he's like, didn't you already know that? <laughs> he's like, did you have to, did you have to check? Did you have to check that again? Like, if I realize that by now, I'm done. I'm done. I realize it now. From now on, we're fighting smart. Starting from now. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, tell us a little bit about what happened after the fight. Did you and Dustin end up uh, seeing each other at all? I know you guys had to go to the hospital and stuff like that. Did you run into each other since the fight happened? And did you end up speaking to Dana White at all? I mean, he, he would have been really pleased with, with how the fight went and the reception that it got from fans. Um, no, nah, I didn't hear from Dana. I know Sean Shelby called um, he called Eugene as he does after I get in dog fights like that. <laughs> he just, uh, he's, he's cool. Like, Sean, Sean's my guy. He's always taking care of me and always, like, he just reaches out and says, like, he appreciates it, you know, every time I show up and hmm. come to put on a show. But Dustin... Um, yeah, it was funny, like, he started, because I was spent, like, I was spent after the fire, used all my energy in the fire, and then he comes mm. over and he starts jawing at me. He starts being like, oh, yeah, so you're going to fight Gagey next? Is that what he said? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're going to smash my face in. Yeah, yeah, he goes, oh, you're going to fight Gagey next, so you're going to smash my face in. And then I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but when you got so up, things kind of turned. Yeah. I got in his face. Yeah, well, I got up, got in his face, and then he pushed it. It's all good. It's all good. But then, because um, we both we both went to the hospital, we ended up in the um, next to each other, but there was like a curtain in between, and he filled me up. And he's just like, oh, Dan, Dan, is that you? He's like, yeah, Dan, is that you? And then I was just like, then I hit him up about it. I was like, bro, I was like, because he was hitting me up about like kind of looking through him. And that's what people are saying. Like I was looking past them by talking about like next opponents. But it's like I I plan. That's what I said to him. I was like, bro, that's who I was gonna fight if I win. And I already knew, you know, who I want to target if I coming off a loss. I was like, that's just the way I am. I just like to plan things. Like it's not that I'm looking through. It's not like I went out there planning to lose. But if I lost, I still know who I wanted to fight next to get back on track. And I just explained that to him, and then he's. He said, yeah, oh, man, to be like, I understand, I understand. And then we just talked about um, we talked about our, our daughters. He's got a young daughter as well. And just wished each other wished each other all the best. There's a lot of you, – you go 25 minutes of a man and they can go the whole time and they can put on a show like that. Um, it's, a, it's a level of respect that you don't really have for anyone else. To be honest, mm. it's it's fascinating. So, was he a little bit bothered by by the fact that you know you sort of called your shot and targeted certain people after the fight? Was he a little bit? Oh, uh, I think, I think just after the fight, like he, I think he just get the adrenaline going. You know, mm. he would have just got, he would have got a shot of adrenaline. He would have like, he would have known he had the fight won, and he just had he had that um, he had the adrenaline flying and thought, yeah, oh, I don't knock him for it. Like I'm not saying. Don't jaw. That's all good with me. Mm. That's fine. I said what I said. He's good. He's like well within his rights to come up to me and be like, oh, yeah, you're going to smash my face. And I, I did say it. <laughs> I will eat those words. 
I don't mind eating those words. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. It's something like out of a movie after a battle like that. You guys being in the hospital together and talking it yeah. out is absolutely epic. You mentioned Justin Gaethje before. He did say that you deserve a seat at the big dog table after that performance. I mean, that's a big uh, turnaround after him predicting that you get murked before the fight. It's kind of nice coming from Gaethje. Any change of feelings towards him after that? Oh, I don't know how feelings. Um, like, there's nothing. I don't take any of this stuff personal. It's just, it's just the fight game. It's the game we went to. Like, I, I don't mind saying stuff. I don't mind taking stuff. Um, yeah, man, he's got, he's got the world title fight next. Um, wish him nothing but success in that. And then obviously he's got a he's got to fight another fight with Dustin if he gets a job done then. So he's got a he's got a tough road ahead of him himself. Hmm. Did it mean anything to you though? I mean, this this guy's the interim champion, the guy that's going to be fighting Khabib. For him to officially put it out there that you deserve a seat at the big dog table, I don't know. Did, did it mean anything to you? Oh, uh, it's nothing that I like didn't already knew. No, it's not <laughs> like I went into that fight with Dustin thinking like, I wonder if I suck or not. Like, I thought I was pretty good. Like, <laughs> I thought it would go better than that. Let me just tell you that. Well, Dust hasn't even settled from the fight, and obviously you're still recovering over there in quarantine, but you want to get on the pads straight away. So we have to ask, I know you had a, a Conor McGregor or a Tony Ferguson fight and set in your eyes or a title shot. But what what are you thinking possibly next? Because fans are super excited to see you get back into that octagon after a performance like that. Uh, Paul Felder said that he'd come out of retirement to fight either you or Dustin, so that could be a rematch, a, a number two, if you will. Or people are saying Charles Oliveira could be a potential next great fight for you as well, a fight that a lot of people want to see. And then, of course, if Dustin Poirier decides to take some time off, like what like he mentioned, you know, I suppose Tony Ferguson is still around in the wings waiting. Well, that's exactly they shot. You know, they shuffled the um, they shuffled the rankings around a little bit. Um, Felder dropped below Oliveira, and uh, uh, Dustin moved above Tony. So, yeah, it's it's interesting times. So, obviously, the one that makes you know the two fights that make the most sense is Dustin versus Tony, and then me versus Oliveira. Those those two fights make the most sense, right? But then, yeah, if Dustin wants to sit the rest of the year out. And Tony wants to fight. Well, then I'm the next logical fight for Tony. So I want to get back in there um, before the end of the year for sure. 100%. I'm going to fight again before the this year um, closes out. And if Tony wants to get back in there, then I think um, I think that that fight makes a lot of sense. Uh, if I'm being honest, mm, I was going to say, uh, you know, we, we're going to see how that's this. Best, that's like that's best case scenario for me obviously is is fighting tony ferguson that's number three and i get another i get another crack at number three uh, my first crack at number six was barboza and that went like shit and then my <laughs> second crack at number six was ally Quinner and i whooped him so it's um i think i do uh i think i do better on the second my second time around the around the roundabout yeah i love i love the dan hooker analysis yeah there was that fight yeah they went shit <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love the brutal brutal honesty you you, you, uh, you answer my follow-up about tony being the ideal fight um we'll let you go in a sec 
Dan, don't want to don't want to chew up your whole day. But I was gonna say, I know heading into this fight, you were like, look, I I'm a win over Dustin earns me call outs. I've been calling out guys my whole career. Now somebody can call me out. I know you didn't get the W, but do you feel like after a performance like that, you've kind of still earned those call outs where guys see you as you know an action fighter, a fun fighter, and it still raises your stock enough to where people are gonna start calling you out in the division. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think about who I was gonna. I, you know, I've got my eyes on who wants to fight next, and I think it's. I think it's either gonna be Tony or it's gonna be Oliveira, and then I think either either of those fights are another main event. But then Oliveira's, you know, he's getting carried away, calling out Poirier and calling out Connor, and he's <laughs> he's beating around a bush trying to say anyone except me or <laughs> me or Tony is a funny guy. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I'll 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 have to wait and see because obviously Tony makes way more sense for me. But if I have to go, if I have to go back and then solidify my place in the top five, like I'm happy to do that. I just want to fight, and I want to fight before the end of the year. And either of those two names makes sense for me. Mm. You know what's crazy, and I know you probably don't really set out to do this because a lot of the time it would make sense just to go on there and get the quick win, but. Obviously, you had that amazing fight with Paul Felder that a lot of people were calling as one of the best fights of the year. Now you had this amazing fight with Dustin Poirier. It didn't go your way, but people are saying it's possibly the fight of the year. Imagine you fight Tony Ferguson, Oliveira next this year. You could potentially have three fight of the year candidates <laughs> when it comes down to the award shows, which I don't know if that's ever been done before. So that's some history-breaking stuff there, Dan. But just quickly as we wrap up, I um, want to grab your prediction. Uh, your teammate, Alex Wolkanovsky, is obviously going to be uh, defending his title again against Max Holloway on Fly Island. As we wrap up, what do you sort of predict that goes down like? Second time with Max Holloway. Many people believe uh, Alex is going to come out on top yet again. My boy Alex. My boy Alex is going to knock him out. Really? A, a knockout this time? Because the first one was very dominant on Alex. If, if I can pick your brain for a second, what, what do you think will sort of bring on this, uh, this juicy knockout from Volko? Oh, he's hungry, and it's just the way it's just the way he can hear, you know, in the interviews and the way that he's approaching it. He's he's hungry. He, he kind of you can hear him when he's talking, like he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he's a he's a heavy puncher, man. He's a heavy puncher. Maybe chew the legs up and and let his let his hands go uh, a little bit more in that fight, and I think he puts them away. All right. Well, in the meantime, go to the barricade, visit Dan Hooker in Auckland, bring the beers, throw them over, <laughs> and have a good time. Of course, you can follow the man at Dan the, Dan the Hangman on social media. Dan, we really appreciate your time. And again, uh, congratulations on a spectacular fight. I mean, there's been no one around the world that was entertained by that one, and we can't wait to see what's next. Thank you, lads. Cheers. <laughs>